Welcome Hi, to welcome. another see. episode of Susamen Hi CP. Sure. <laughs> and we're in Susamen, which is togetherness. Yes. And as everybody knows, we we started this program because we, we feel we have to enrich ourselves. But today it's not just enriching, it's really, really, really flying far, far away, right? So can you introduce um, Yannicka, Yannicka Mikkelson. Wow, that's the name, Yannicka Mikkelson. It looks like a poem, now. a poem. You know, Yannicka Mikkelson went to the forest to pick up some, you know, it's really like a poem. Wow. Well, beautiful. Yeah, we don't exactly. have trees here. Beauty. What? We don't But, have trees here. Oh, no uh, trees? No, no, she's not in the forest. She's the North Pole. Yannicka is in the North Pole now. And Yannicka is a, is a, a... Wait, I need to breathe. Okay. <laughs> it's cold? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Sipi <laughs> in the North Pole. She and Santa Claus and- But the, I feel like a the, North Pole here, so and, I don't and know. It's very cold polar, today. Polar bears. Yannicka, yeah. tell us who you are. Why did you go there? We know a few years, a little bit, because year, a few years ago at the 50th of the Apollo 11 landing on the moon, we, collaborated um, uh, in a project in uh, Times Square, uh, but now she went much further than the moon. <laughs> so just tell us where you are and why. Um, so actually, do you know what is kind of funny, Zoe, because I explained this place like, it's like living on the moon, uh, having a moon base, you know, but uh, yeah. um, <clears throat> the moon base is functioning because you're so remote from everything else. Like last week, I didn't eat vegetables for 10 days because the boat with vegetables didn't arrive, you know? So we just didn't, didn't have vegetables. So it's not, it's not quite a North Pole, but it's Svalbard, which is at 78 degrees North. We're one of the most northernmost settlements. And we are 2000 people who live here and there are 3000 polar bears who also live here. Polar bears are the white ones? Yeah, they're the most dangerous the I know, we will talk about it because uh, I feel disturbed. I just thought I thought a film, as I said, a snow piercer, and it's not, it's all in a train and it's very bleak film, you know, with in front of the train are the rich people, in the back are very poor people, and the riot, mm -hmm. and it's very violent and very bleak because the world finished, everything is ice, and just a train, these are the only survivors. And then two girls are able to go out of the train and they meet a white polar bear. And I thought it's a fantastic, optimistic, you know, uh, ending. And then somebody told me, but they are very dangerous. They're the most dangerous. They are extremely dangerous. <laughs> so here I am teaching a film and, and you know, is the engine of, you know, optimistic at the end. And then somebody said, Professor, by the way, it's very, they're very dangerous. They're very deceiving. They're all white and sweet and underneath so, they're black yeah. and very violent. Oh my God. They're very scary. Yeah. So it's 2000, you know, this is me, by the way, jumping all over the place. So <laughs> sometimes she's doing this to me, like cool it. So you are 2000 people, right? No, Paul, yeah. you mean what? It's after uh, Albany, not Albany. <laughs> Beyond after Alaska, who is further, you or Santa Claus? 
Well, technically, Santa Claus, they say he lives in Finland, so you need to fly another four hours north and then you're here. Ah, Finland so, is so nice. I, I was there. I was no, Finland there. is way further south, so yeah. Yeah, so it's 2,000 people and 3,000 uh, uh, dangerous uh, polar, uh, polar bear. And then you mm -hmm. are with your blonde hair, beautiful face, uh, doing what? Nobody sees so, her um, face because she's all covered with amazing costumes. Oh, yeah. what to protect the, from the from the from, from the, the cold oh. and the snow. Yeah, you gotta protect your skin from the cold for sure. You need to cover up everything except for your eyes when you go out. Oh, so you can just yeah. uh, wear a burqa, you know? <laughs> yeah, just just thicker, basically. Thick, thicker burqa. So what are yeah. you doing? What winter one? You know, <laughs> I, I used to ask what the f word you're doing there. So, um, so I'm a filmmaker, I mean, but I specialize in new technology. And uh, for me, this place just made sense. It was a little bit of a fluke that I ended up here. Um, I came here to test out one of Canon's new cameras and do some photography of the wildlife, the Arctic wildlife. So the foxes, the polar bears, the seals. Um, and within 24 hours, there was just something within me that says that I have to move here. So I moved. Oh, you went from right and, and went here. to your place in where in Los Angeles or New York? Uh, in London. In, in London, London, yeah. You went yeah. back to London and then you went back. That's mm. wow. That was when? <laughs> that was in June. And I, so I'd actually been here 12 years ago. And when I had to leave, I cried. I just, I just felt like a piece of my heart was here. Some reason my soul is here. Some something something about, about half Norway. You know. I know what you're talking about. It's you no, know, I I I'm disturbed and it's not really nice. But I went to Fontainebleau with my husband, and suddenly I don't know what came over me. And I told him, I love you very much, but here is your passport. Here is half of the money. Bye bye. I'm staying here. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I felt like a, um, when yeah. I left, it was like a piece of me was left behind and I have to come back and oh. reclaim myself, I guess. So what were you trying to reclaim? The peace, the peace, the, the, the peace, the peace of me, the, the peace of me that just loves this environment, uh, who loves the people who live here. Um, just the energy I get from this place. It's interesting because it's completely dark in the winter. Uh, and how, much, hours how many sun. hours light do you have? No light. Uh, right now, uh, none. No right now, there's a little bit of daylight. There's a little bit of blue sky, but no sunshine yet. The, so the sun is still. You go from a place to place. You go outside, or it's all like in a, what did I mean? Alaska, this place, uh, very known. I'll, anyway, they don't. They hardly. I don't remember. I don't remember the city in Alaska. When you hardly go outside, it's all under. Like underground. Tunnels, underground. No, no, no. Here, here we go outside. So we have all the houses, and then we have one street where where shops are. And we actually have like we have one cafe, and we have a few bars, and we have one grocery store. And I mean, it's, it's functional. It's great. Um, and we call them uh, Svalbard sunglasses, and those are literally ski goggles, and you put them on <laughs> to go to the shop. But Yannika, you go from one adventure to another. Since I know mm -hmm. you, you're only about adventure. Mm -hmm. What's driving you? Why do why do you go to these places? How do you get to these projects? I think it starts first with me, with sort of the ego me that wants to explore and feels like 
I can't catch a breath until I have exploded. I feel like I can't breathe until I finish the project. And the more I experience these amazing places on planet Earth where very few people have ever been before, I need to share these places and specifically here where you can see the climate changing and you see the devastation. This is something I oh, have to share. Oh, I need scared. to bring people here or bring this place to everybody. You see the devastation there? Climate change? Pardon? Do you see the climate change there? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I dare to say that when I was here 12 years ago, I drove to the same glacier. I didn't recognize, I did not recognize where I was because in my brain, it looked completely different 12 years ago. And that glacier has probably recessed about 100 meters to 100 yards since I was there 12 years ago. Wow. I did not recognize the place. Wow. So you are commissioned to do stuff there or you just take a camera and go? I just take my camera and go, yeah. Ah, listen, this is really embarrassing because um, I'm a professor at Tisch. I teach films and I don't know what it is that you are doing. I don't know about this, how you call it? High technology <laughs> cinematography? Say it yes. again. I, I think I got interested in it because I noticed that, especially when I started working as a stereographer in 3D movies, you know, when Avatar came out in 2009, um, I'd already done a lot of 3D prior to that. But what I was noticing was that you had this wow effect. You could impact people with an image. So, you know, some people, people get bored by documentaries, but if you actually presented it in a different way, you could immerse a viewer into the situation and they would get a wow factor. And they would feel like they were there and it's more of a using technology seems to give the viewer an ability to feel a movie rather than observe a movie so what like are the movies that were of 3d avatar and any other movies because it's not many movies you see like in 3d there were a few amazing movies in 3d that i loved and a few absolutely train wreck movies in 3d like that what? i hated um so the one i loved was martin scorsese hugo Right. Mm -hmm. is still my favorite 3D movie. Um, and then there was a short movie called Pina, which was a dance movie. Did you say Pina? Pina, Pina Bausch? Bausch. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. I saw it. Yeah, I teach it in my documentary yep. class. I have to sit uh, in two weeks. Pina yeah. was in 3D? Mm -hmm. It was filmed in 3D, yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't and I think any, any movie that was written with the intent on being in 3D and captured in, with the intent of portraying three dimensions communicates in a complete different way. 2D and 3D are two different movie languages. Yes. Um, and then I really, so if you haven't understood, I love expeditions and I wanted to work for David Attenborough back then. And I had applied for the job as a cinematographer for about six years and just never gotten a job, flown to London, to get the job was always like second, third, you know, runner up, but never actually got the job. And then um, I went back to school, did my master's in cinematography. And the day after I graduated, the producer called me and he goes, um, so you still do 3D movies, don't you? And I said, yes. He goes, great. So um, we're going to send you to the Galapagos. Send me your passport now and then we'll get you a visa. Uh, 
wow but the problem was when of course i said yes to the job because it's david attenborough but then uh, when i got there i realized the producer didn't know the difference between 3d and 360 so i started making 360 vr movies which is gorgeous so you know when you wear the headset the vr headset the virtual reality headset yeah that's what it was and we were making uh 360 movies underwater filming sharks uh and and uh, marine aquatic life uh, at uh, galapagos and isla del cocos uh, and the shark they have a migration highway between galapagos mm-hmm. and cocos yeah we were filming sort of like where um you know all the marine life come there to spawn but also um, the cleaning stations where the you know the sharks who eat the fish actually get cleaned by the same fish that they eat. I'm like my, <laughs> in my harvest, you know. You cannot. Uh, but we were filming this in 360, uh, so 360 degrees, uh, and we were filming underwater. Um, we were working. With, you have to know how um, to swim. What do you mean to swim to dive? It was a scuba dive, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we also use some. You know, because I swim well. like this, not to, not to, <laughs> you know, not to wet my fan. You know, my fan. Yeah, yeah. You oh, the... the... yeah. You fan. It's a fan style. You know, <laughs> this is not funny. You know, this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you <laughs> and you are d- diving. Uh, you can't super, super, not super. Uh... She doesn't go to normal places. She never goes to normal places, oh except maybe the time that you you worked with Queen. Yeah, tell me Queens something. Do you with have the, with the American Rhapsody? Yeah, but when you shoot in the this three sixty VR and uh, uh-huh. uh, this um, uh, the three D, mm-hmm. in what way you have to um, think almost differently about composition, about light mm-hmm. and shadows, about camera movement? about depth of field, about all this, so this or, or, this compos- even, or even the mise-en-scene, you know, using mm-hmm. different... Uh, mm-hmm. So there is no... I, I can only talk about documentary right now, so let's example wildlife documentary, because the rules are different in different scenarios, and that's a learning curve that we un- understood quickly. So we had been at um, we had been at the Great Barrier Reef, and we had filmed there, so we were working with you know Ray Dalio, he owns uh, Alusha, which is now Ocean X. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a big research yacht that's catered for film production, oh, right? Okay. So we have a yacht and we have all the amenities there to make a film. We have a macro lab. We have two submarines. We have two helicopters. We have twenty four dive tenders. We have the main yacht and then we have the sister yacht, uh, Umbra. So this isn't a small production. This is like you need this kind of uh, ammo in order to create a documentary so I'm just trying to explain the charades around making the documentary right uh, and what was interesting was that when we spent about six weeks trying to figure out the language in 360 right is the cutting slow is it cutting fast do you, you follow a, a fish you mean the pace of the shot yeah, the pace of the shot in 360 and how how do you direct the viewer's attention? Do you use audio cues to make them turn their heads? Um, can you swivel the space around to manipulate the viewer so they're looking at what you want them to look at? Yeah, but, um, so, but, but that's not uh, fooling around with continuity? 
No, so this is a documentary. So documentary yeah, on water. Yeah. And everything is one take, but you can actually cut as well if you bring, if you narrate and you bring the viewer with you on the journey. Okay. So then, then you can, can cut. Jump cut. But exactly. So do you jump cut or do you find some way of creating more of a veil? I would say we leaned more towards theatrical elements, you know, the reveal of the curtain. So you can do that in 360, and I feel like that works really well. It's, it's a when you cut from your close-up to your close-up, right. so there is a jump, mm -hmm. the, the, the picture jump. Uh, mm -hmm. So if we go from, so when we were underwater, and it was interesting because we sort of nailed the story of how we're going to uh, develop the 360 format. And because we were fil filming underwater at the Great Barrier Reef, you'd think you could just copy-cut that format and put it in another movie at the Galapagos underwater and follow the same format. But you, we all of a sudden realized we couldn't. The whole thing fell apart. We had to discover a new language because the animals, the fish at the Great Barrier Reef were super busy. They were always like high tempo yeah. movement. Yeah. Right? We, saw it, we see it when right? we yeah, go in, the, in Israel, we have this a lot. We have those wonderful reefs. Uh -huh. When you go or Sharm Sheikh, which is part of Egypt, and you can see there how they go like uh, like the frenzy, like, yeah, the frenzy of it. But then we came to the Galapagos and Isla del Cocos, and you know, um, Pura Vida, they were oh. so chill. The fish. Oh, okay. The place. Okay, it's a place. No, no, it's it's a saying that they have in Costa Rica. Uh, so it just means like chill out. You know, relax. Oh, no, I want, you know, no, nobody ever told me to chill out. So I cannot, <laughs> I don't know this world. Uh, you yeah, now, you? now you're alone. You don't have a team, right? Correct. I'm alone. Do you Personal. choose what to film or is anybody that asks you to provide something specific? Mm. How does uh, it sometimes work? I get commissions. Yes, correct. So sometimes people ask me specifically to go out and film something. Um, the only thing I can't deliver is say, hey, can you film a polar bear for me? That's not something I can provide because um, the regulations are very strict on how you approach polar bears because you don't want them to get used to uh, really? being amongst people. And the reason why is because the sea ice is disappearing. The polar bear is an aquatic animal. So it's, it's a marine animal. It hunts seals primarily. But now that the sea ice is disappearing, the polar bears are showing more interest in the human. So they settlement. come to you. Yeah. Yes. And oh. this is why we're so heavily armed when we go out the door. We have to have our flare gun with us. And we have oh, to you have a gun? Right. You're a cowboy? Mm -hmm. You go with a gun like a cowboy? So yes, yeah, so you have to you have to have at minimum a flare gun so you can scare a polar bear oh. and hope they run away. So you're not afraid? I'm you're not, not really, afraid. No. 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 No, I mean, no. <laughs> what do you like more, uh, animals or people? Animals. Yeah. <laughs> Can we be exception? <laughs> yes. Thank you. How Thank much you. longer are you going to stay there? When is daylight um, coming? Um, daylight comes on the 7th of March. That's when we see the sunshine. So what happened? What happened to your eyes when there is not sunlight? Uh, I've never been asked that question before. Um, 
I don't know. I find it quite peaceful. I don't think something happens to my eyes, but no, but because you are most of the time indoors, in darkness. Right? No, she's yeah, but we have the northern lights. You know, the northern lights are twenty four seven in the darkness. Uh-huh. So even though there's no sunshine, all of a sudden, uh, it just hit me that these northern lights that we're seeing, and you know, they they flare in lots of different colors, is uh-huh. actually our planet looking after us, people. Oh, so there is like. Sorry, I'm really. I'm okay. I'm ignorant. So I own, my husband say I only know stuff when I make a, make a documentary because I make a lot of documentaries, but about people. Uh-huh. No, you know, never get me out of a coffee place. I need to have a documentary where it takes you 10 minutes to get to the, the coffee place. The coffee place. But anyway, what do you mean the lights from the, from the stars? The northern no. lights. The, the aurora. <laughs> um, no, northern, no, I mean, I... You have green, purple, yeah, yellow, yeah. that's the northern light. So, but it comes from and it's where? Snow. But and it it's comes from this where? Is, this is the time for the northern light, right? Yes. It right comes now. from where? From the sun. It's it's cosmic radiation hitting our... our but also at night? Oh, well, yeah. there, it's night all the time. And people come from all over the world, especially at this time of year, to see it because it's amazing. When are we going? It's beautiful. I was it's there. Gorgeous. Oh, really? I was she there. Was it's, it's, it's life-changing. Life but Yannicka, your neighbors, they were uh-huh. born there and grew up there or they all like you came along no you're so that there are two rules you're not allowed to give birth here and you're not allowed to die here so you're not allowed to give birth why because no. there's no um citizens of Malhar. there's there's only residency there's no um which country it belongs to uh it belongs well it belongs to Norway, but we share it with Russia. That's not what, a good wait, wait, place wait, wait, to share wait, things wait, with. Wait, what do you mean? Why you cannot have babies? Can you um, have that? Well, I mean, that's basically, that's because no there baby. is no infrastructure. There is no, there hospital is a hospital, but I wouldn't exactly define it as a hospital. But what do you mean you're not allowed to die there? How can you control it? <laughs> so if you cannot look after yourself, you get sent back to where you came from put it that way so whatever country you came from you have to go back okay you, you cannot no, get, if you get sick you have yeah. to go back home but but yeah there but is, there what is if no you have help. accident accident there is no help you can't be a liability here there is no financial help okay and there is no medical help or minimum medical help so basically when you live there now mm-hmm. do you have any rights or you just have to be lucky careful and lucky i'd say you need to be careful and lucky there is you need to make your money but you don't have a right uh, there is no there are no workers rules or worker unions or anything like that well, how people do. make a living though um so there are various different uh industries and also there's a university here oh, okay it, what, but a marine university so there is, um, there is well, Arctic sciences. Yeah. So they study the Arctic and they study oh, climate change. And thought. they also, um, a lot of astrophysics here as well, you know, studying the Northern Lights, Aurora Borealis, and, you know, how you can observe the universe from the north of the globe. Um, also coal mining is here. Uh, and then you've got the regular jobs. So other than scientists and coal mining, then you have regular jobs like shopkeepers and, you know, hairdressers. Services. Right. Yeah, okay. yeah. Regular services. Tourists get yeah. there? Tourists. Yeah. 
heavy tourist industry. Wow. Lots of tourists come here. What happens in the summer when it's daylight all the time? How does it affect the whole neighborhood? So that, okay, so I can deal with the darkness better than I can deal with the 24-hour sunlight. And I'm used to growing up in Norway, but the sun goes down to the horizon and it's, it's a weaker sun. Here, the sun just stays in the sky and circles above you. Sure. It's, it, it drives you mental. <laughs> it's very, it's very bizarre. And the animals, do they behave the same when it's daylight? Um, do you know what? So I, I was actually asking this question about the polar bears, you know, about the no, hibernation. dogs. Don't we have dogs? Hold on, hold we on. We have dogs as well. Lots of dogs. Husky. Um, yeah. Lots of camps with huskies, like sleigh dogs. Mm -hmm. So what do they do? Where, do they hide for the summer? or? So apparently they just nap. And, yeah. and the humans tend to do the same thing because of the sunshine. So you only sleep for a few hours and then you're awake again. And then you, you have another siesta. And that's basically how uh, I've, I've and many other people have adapted to the 24-hour sunlight. I mean, you can, oh. you can block out the sun as well. But for me, it's, it's just easier to have my curtains open and fall asleep when I'm tired and follow more of a natural human habit rather than a constructed society how does it affect the cycle of the body how does it affect, how does it affect the cycle of the body day night light and darkness well because there is no darkness it's just a permanent for months long it's just one long day so for me it was easier to adapt by just sleeping maybe four or five hours and then be awake and do my regular work because you can be out any hour of the day i mean it's sunshine it, it doesn't time doesn't matter anymore wow so it's it's a much more i'd say it's a much more um um what should i say an, an, an authentic old old something that you've inherited that wakes up right Tell me well, something. There is you know, no like violence, a, right? There is no, there, are, there is no violence, right? Like no, we have one burglaries and murderers and rapists. Not, not as far as I know. I mean, there's one policeman on the island. Nobody locks their cars. Nobody locks their oh, doors. Really? Nobody locks Who their wants to go there? Like Who wants to go there? When was the last time you went into civilization? What do you mean? This is civilization. This is I mean, the end of nowhere. I mean, it's fairly often. It's, okay. <laughs> but always on film projects, always on work, was I not in civilization? So, you know, visiting remote islands in the Pacific, um, you know, where there are no people, or I've been to Far East Russia in Chukotka, um, which was incredible and is kind of like, just like here. No um, people? This is my favorite place. There Pardon? were no people there? There were no people in, in this? Uh, no, there was mainly um, military and gold mining in, in Far East Russia. So you're, you're closer to Alaska than, yeah. than... I just want to go back for a minute to, to Pina, the documentary. Mm -hmm. um, it was done by Wim Wenders, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know that for years he tried to do the documentary and he couldn't find the language. And you no, know, he was we, you know, he was trying and with her and trying and trying, and he just couldn't find the language. And then, of course, but when he found Pina's the language, language, when he found the language, she passed away. Yeah. 
So he, like, for example, have, she has, he had very few interviews with her. Because, mm-hmm. you know, because he, 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 didn't, he didn't know how to, you know, he looked for the style. It's very interesting. It's reminding, you know, Picasso um, tried to paint, um, what's her name? Um, oh my God. Um, a rose is a rose is a rose. Um, oh, come on. I don't remember anything. Really? <laughs> it just goes. Anyway, very famous painter. She had this place. She discovered Picasso and Cezanne yeah. and all of them. But anyway, he couldn't paint her. And only when he suddenly found, came to his mind and he went to African art and he could paint her. Um, I will, I will remember the name in a minute. She's so famous, it's unbelievable. What I'm trying, it, these are really two cases that I personally know, you know, and this film is, he really tried for years to do this documentary mm-hmm. uh, and couldn't find the language. Therefore, I, I, I asked you that, that what you are talking about. But Pina's language is I, very No, I feel, I feel the, the same way, you're right. Her you're language. right. Yeah. No, what you're right. Talking? I feel the same way. I'm looking for some sort of film medium that can uh, express this amazing nature where we live and get other people to see that nature identify and appreciate it and I keep trying different versions of technology to figure out how to capture nature it's it's, I, I haven't hit the nail on the head yet what do you mean look for technology I mean uh, you, you are not actually coming up, you know, you have to, to tell what you, what you want, you know, to have somebody else designing a camera. You know what I mean? So, mm, depends. So, for instance, when, uh, when I did the Queen movie in 360, and we did 360 3D um, before anybody else, and uh, actually I used regular cameras, uh, I used 20 GoPros, and I... Um, Yes, together with the team, we built the camera rig and came up with the concept. And then we also built um, the wire system that could transport the camera anywhere in the arena. So up above the drums, amongst the, the camera. Stage. But Wait, you, yeah. you, you two talk about different languages because you're talking about the technology, the level yeah. of technology and how to use the technology in order to translate to an idea that you want to express. And CP is looking at the human uh, point of view and uh, the effect, the emotional effect or the personal effect without technology, just as an idea. So I'm but looking I think for- it's also, it's also a generation um, attitude. And I think it's also as a personality attitude. It's a very- I'm looking for a way to reach, exactly. I'm looking for a way to reach, particularly now looking for a way to reach Gen Zs to make them ignite with inspiration to be explorers and be photographers mm-hmm. uh, and that's my next project which uh, which i'm going on a month-long expedition in april uh, and i've called it gaming for climate so i'm creating so have you seen um have you seen borderless at the mori museum in japan no. or or imagining van gogh with the big yes, scale yes, immersive? Yes, yes 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 that's what i want to create but for the arctic and gamify wow. it created as an immersive video game that you walk into. So all the elements react they, to you. They have it all over the world, by the way. Mm-hmm. I saw it in Paris, they mm-hmm. have it in New York. Um, they have it everywhere. Um, and so- 
everybody who Wettenstein. has no interest in art or oil paintings sorry, sorry. fell in love with it. It's beautiful. It's very special. But it's so overwhelming. You, you, there's nothing else to do about it. You just have to love it. What was the scariest thing that you filmed? Mm, probably people. Um, I had a brush with with uh, the Holy Brotherhood in Egypt, who mm -hmm. are now ISIS. I'd say that's the scariest experience. Why? Because uh, we didn't have the same appreciation for um, humans, I guess, or fellow humans. So you feel that it's more dangerous to do that than to be with polar bears? Well, a polar bear, you know, their motive is to eat food. And most of them won't see you as food. They want a seal because they can look at you and go, what I've never eaten human before. I'd rather have a seal because a seal is full of flubber and fat. Right. Me too. Oil. <laughs> what? <laughs> Depends who they meet and who they <laughs> They meet her. I think that they will not really look at her twice. Especially when she covered with, with all these layers. But yeah. Uh, Depends. But with, with, yeah. with humans, I find, especially if you're in a, in a um, hazardous environment or you don't really know what a political field is, yeah. it's difficult to read humans and know exactly right. what the motives are. You don't know what to expect, right? Yeah, Correct. You don't, know, you don't know who is who. Yeah. It's really difficult, right? Yeah, and it's, it's individual. So even within, even within that group, I found individuals who... I could talk to and identify with. And that was sort of like a key to get out of that situation. So yeah, 100% people are the scariest thing. So actually you shoot and produce, but do you edit yourself or you take an editor? I do, I edit myself oh as my well. Oh my God, really? She's a one woman. Yeah, yeah, but editing is so tedious, my God. I don't edit my, I mean, I take an editor. No. I don't know, I, I'm, I love images. I get excited yeah, about them. I get excited about am I being um is is a way I'm editing a movie subjective or objective? And my I always try to be as objective as possible, but I'm always making choices. So no matter what choices I make, it's gonna be a subjective movie. Sure. But I try to influence as little as possible through my editing. So that's that's really it's really interesting what you said. So you, you want to get away from being subjective when you edit, right? That's mm -hmm. what you I don't want to project my own liking of the subject or right. political orientation. I want to be as objective as possible. I don't want to influence the viewer in my filmmaking. So uh, you are the I want the, I want the viewer to have an amazing experience and that wow experience but i don't want to tell them what to think but it's basically you it's the same you deliver a message because you deliver a message of keeping a you just give them the information and you ask them think for yourself so this mm -hmm. is a message in a in a different way just not negative message well, i have to think about mm -hmm. what you say because i thought always when we do any film we somehow navigate you know it's like a ship and so this is start with an intent. Don't you want the audience to connect to your intent? Why you did this film? So this was an interesting discussion I had with um, 
so Brian May and Roger Taylor in Queen. So when we're doing this 360 uh, filming there, um, you're not cutting traditionally. So you're filming the entire concert, but you have one camera with many different camera angles, right? So we had this discussion and we broke down the lyrics of like, we will rock you and uh, Radio Gaga and we are the champions. And I asked them when you're on stage, when do you give the power to the audience? And when do you take that energy and power back to the stage? What is this interaction between your audience, your music and yourself? And also they are well-versed in film language. So they understand the power of a close-up. But in order to achieve a close-up, you have a long lens from front of house, for instance. But now if you're shooting 360, you need to have the cameras close to the person as possible. So how comfortable are they with having a camera half a meter away from their face while they are performing? So this is why we spent two weeks rehearsing. We had a, um, an arena where we could rehearse and make them comfortable with the camera hovering between them. So because they wanted that power of a close-up. But the only way we could achieve a close-up in 360 is to be next to them. Yeah, but you, so you cannot do it with polar bears. No, you do not you cannot want to come be close and you cannot yeah. do 360 like this. You want to be. You <laughs> cannot use a tele, no, tele, telephoto lens, really. Tell me something. So, in general, how much control do you have on the blocking? Uh, I know you, in documentary, we don't, uh, you know, so you don't do feature. So, you know, I go from features to documentary. Uh -huh. so. but, but no, 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 it's interesting because. Um, I actually give a talk about this exact subject because you know wildlife and rock stars are pretty similar. They don't stick to their mar marks. Right. So when you film wildlife, if the wildlife reserve allows you, you can put out chum, right? So you can get the animals to come to the camera. Other places you're gonna have to search for the animals forever and you will use local guides, underwater guides, and they will track the animals and lead you to the animals. Some places you can use chum and you can have the animals come to you. It's the same with rock stars. Right. So their monitor system is their chum. They will not stray far from the monitor. So if you're best friends with the audio crew, then they will set up the stage with the correct sound balance for the rock stars, but also favoring your camera positions. Right. So reverse psychology, I guess. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I so uh, also the the VR. I don't know how you deal with blocking. You see, because when you you shoot something like Pina, it's a mm -hmm. dance, it's mm -hmm. a choreography. So the movements are there. In mm -hmm. a way, the blocking is there, and it's almost mm -hmm. like scripted, mm -hmm. right? It's it's actually scripted. So how yeah. how do you shoot? It? I'm not you. I, you yeah, know, it's like, difficult. It's difficult, it's, it's an experience. And I think this is where we're leading into the future of gamifying your film experience. So if you're gonna tell say a horror film in 360 and you want the door to open at the pinnacle moment, when is a viewer ready for that door to open? And it's different for everybody you meet. Some people spend 12 seconds looking around a room and then they're, they are mentally available or like, to be scared by the door opening. So I think this is where we get into sort of um, AI movies maybe, or uh, observing movies, trying to figure out when are you actually looking at 
the door and expecting something to happen subconsciously because then the next step of the movie could proceed right yeah but you scare me because uh today i can talk with the dp mm -hmm. well, documentaries i go by myself i have my mm -hmm. own equipment but you know it's like panasonic it's like you know it's not what you're talking about it's a regular uh using of camera because i go by myself i'm not a dp you can see i'm not a dp I, I, have, I just have an eye for a composition, also in documentary, it's important for me not to, not to be jerky and stuff like this. But if I would like to make a film today, so I can talk to DP today and tell him, listen, I, I don't, type of shots, I don't like this, uh, I like this, where to place me in a frame on the left mm -hmm. side, on the you know, right side, a mm -hmm. uh, camera movement, do I write them? I like the movement to go from left to right or right to left, you know, this kind of, mm -hmm. so I know what to talk to him. And then I, I want this room to be like, you know, your room to be like more, like, like it's now, like it's a warm color to project your, your personality and then for Tzili, uh, I want to have, no, I don't, for me, I want to be, to have a more colder, you know, colder colors, like more blue, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. How do I talk to a DP like you? Hey, doggy, I heard a bark. <laughs> yeah, we have a doggy here too easy. Um, so I personally don't think this is possible in 360, right? Scripted content is very difficult and it's more like a theatrical piece. But then we move on a bit. So now, because of Corona, we've got virtual production. And virtual production is building your scene in a game engine. So it's the same technology in a, in a game engine. So we did this for what Stowaway. Is game, what, is game, what is game engine? A, like a, a, a software that you build a video game. Mm. How do you call it? A game engine. Oh, OK. So like Unity or Unreal are the two main game engines we would use unity and, and no this is like an experience that we never had <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm actually doing a master i'm doing program. a master class on this at the at con at the film festival on the 19th of may so i'm going to do a master class there for four hours oh. on this topic i may ask you to come and zoom to my class i they will they are just sophomore or no they're junior you know undergrad uh -huh. but they're, they're so, nice. Okay. We shot. Um, have you, you watched Stowaway? What What did you say? Stowaway. It's a It's a sci-fi movie on Netflix starring Anna Kendrick. I didn't see it, but now I have to see it. Stowaway. Yes, Stowaway. Okay. Stowaway. Stowaway. Okay. <laughs> and uh, she is part of a astronaut crew on her way to Mars. And this is where the, the film takes place in space. And obviously we couldn't be in space to film it. So we had to build space in a game engine. And how do you get Anna Kendrick to act in space? So we needed to bring her into the digital game engine as well, right? Yeah. And here, so this is why I'm, so in this role, I'm called a virtual cinematographer or a VFX cinematographer. Mm -hmm. And I camera operate in a regular way. So I have, instead of having a physical camera, I have a virtual camera. It could, it's basically the technology of a phone, right? And you frame your scene like a regular movie, 
like if you want this, do you want this? Um, but you can also change the scene far easier because it's digital, it's made digital, right? So everything that surrounds a room, the spaceship, isn't physical. We will build part of it on a physical soundstage, but not the entire spaceship. And everything that we film outside of the spaceships for the EVA, so for spacewalks, we call them EVAs, um, these are all virtual scenes. And I have the luxury of being a bit like doing like a Michael Bay, like I can shoot really big and I can like zoom past the action and I can have access to any type of camera, any kind of camera lens. And I can test out, I can put this, I can put lights wherever I want, any size of lights. Um, well, like in the Toy Storm. Basically, it's exactly what it is. It's a toy store. And then you go, okay, so I, I know what my budget is and I know what I want now because I've tested it. So I tell my producer what I want and I know it's within the budget because I've how tested it. How many people it. are like you? First question, how many people? Second question, how many women? I haven't really met any women who do what I do. Do you mean we are talking to, to, a, to a jewel? Like <laughs> like, a, like, a, like a expensive diamond. Terrible, this is really... There are a lot of men and it's, it's, I think it's sad that there's no more women. I speak a lot at film schools and even in master degrees, there are 50 women, 50% women. Yeah, NYU is now 50-50, NYU is 50 But what happens when you get into the industry? Well, I tell you, very sad question. Uh, In in my school, in the undergraduate, uh, it's about 50-50. Mm-hmm. And most female come with the desire to become film director. Mm-hmm. They come out of school, very few want to be. But maybe it's director. because they haven't seen what cinematographers can do. No, I speak about even film directing. In, film directing. I, I feel it, I speak about film mm-hmm. directing, being a director. The mm-hmm. only way, we have very few, we have very few, we do have women now more in this, in the cinematography. We have a very strong cinematography track, very strong. Uh-huh. I think it's probably the strongest, but you find now more women than before. But I speak about directing, being a director. They all want to be a director, but they finish school. Most of them don't want to be a director anymore. And there's many reasons. They look at the industry and there are only 4% the female I mean, directors. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, so this is my story in London. So I come out of film school on a high, I work for David Attenborough and then that production finishes and I cannot find another job. And I'm living in London and I'm so broke at this point. I am like, I can just see my bank account going down, 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 down. So I'm like, okay, so I need to apply to be a waitress or a, a work in a cafe, be a barista or whatever. But I'm living in London and I can't get a single job as a waitress or a barista because I have no experience. In London, you need like a PhD in waitressing or baristing just to get the job. So I couldn't even get that kind of a job. So I was like, okay, so either I'm, a cinematographer or I'm nothing. Uh, and for about, well, it was painful, seven, eight months, I was living on one pound a day. Like it wasn't even enough to buy a McDonald's. Not even enough for McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's was a luxury. So it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah, I think, I think all film students have to go through that. 
Absolutely, to find. I know it was very difficult, but the fact that you stuck to it, because if you go to somewhere else, you may end up somewhere else, not because you want, but because life takes over. Mm -hmm. And never, never be good at what you don't want to be. That's why I tell all my runners, all my assistants. This is what I tell all my students. I mean, uh, don't be good at making coffee if you don't want to make coffee. Right, you have to know, but I do you tell them. You shift the whole main idea and then you just fall from the wagon, you know? Yeah, but I do really tell good. them, go, you know, that, uh, you know, you have to pay your bills when you come out of school, anything to, and, and just, you have to make, so I say, you don't be away. Bills. You can cut bills. In, yes, like, no, but I take them, take a class that you can make money, like, uh, I think, like a, a cinematographer, like oh. an editor, like a sound editor, editor, like a sound design. What at least one or two classes that you can make 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 a living. It's always better than to be a waiter because you're still in the industry, right? Absolutely. So and and then all your time is spent waitressing and, and right. but doing shifts. You, you just stuck to your dreams for seven, yeah. eight months on a pound a day. You are a woman. Oh, it was miserable. It was miserable. I was living on broccoli and uh, potatoes. It was horrible. I couldn't even afford get meat. Aha, uh -huh. I, I was like that then. I just, oh but it wasn't of my own free will. Yeah, we need, we, no, we, need we need a little bit like this. Uh, but I think that's I, why, I think that's why I'm able to live here. I have what I need, but nothing more. You're very There's no different. luxury here. What's you're on your wall? It's, it's a reindeer antler I found you? outside. What's behind you? Are real animals or stuffed animals? Yeah, these are my gloves. So forgive me, I'm wearing my uh, pajama trousers. This is your pajama? This yeah. is, that's look like, uh, what is name, Armani? <laughs> yeah, Armani. Oh, oh, this All right, we're going to do a show and tell. Wow, um, look at this. So uh, this is for really cold days. So you do this is the only thing that keeps you warm. Oh. These are real animals, all of them. Wow. Mm. But trust, there's nothing that keeps you warm. Nothing. Warm enough. Synthetic stuff will not keep you warm. You have wow. to dress like the animals, unfortunately. Um, yeah. These are, I've had frostbite. I, I got really I bad frostbite last in year. Michigan, and the camera, of course, uh, was all the time slow. Wow, look at this. Wait, let me, let me give you a laugh. Let me give you a laugh, okay. So this is my heavy duty gear. So there we go. Wow. <laughs> this is a little bit like a polar bear. <laughs> wow. So you can you can you touch can you grab a, 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 a grab this a, is, a, a caliph, not a, are you call it cucumber? So this is so I, I, I only wear here. You can be I only wear these draw on the inside of the glove and be a puppeteer. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um so yeah, I put the eyes on it. This is what he has it on the wall, right? Yeah. Listen, I, I, why, why, why? Unbelievable. Listen, I think All right, so real, this is this, this is, is the only thing that can keep me warm and stop me from getting frostbite. I think it's really chemical, you know, the, the differences between people. We have different combination in the body. And you have a very, very unusual uh a combination of yours because you're very very gutsy and very special because you can live 
in a very different uh, environment and do different things yes. as most people can. Yeah, but see really what amazing. I can do, what, what I will do. I mean, I'm, mm. I'm completely not relevant. Oh, yo, yo, this oh is for another God. show. This is for another show. We won't what, talk about what, it here. I, am, I'm I, don't, I don't know. You're going to screen this thing. I can show you my rifle, but if it's on yes, YouTube, yes. I don't want to show you my rifle. But no, just you'll show us, but in a different way, and then we'll put it in. All right. Okay. So, the only thing is... What can, oh, wow. So <laughs> you need heavy-duty stuff. This is what I have to wear every day. It's okay. starting to look like a mafia movie. Yeah. Sort of thing yeah. With all the like back, backpack strap so I can wear it every single day on my wow. back. So, wow. Um, this but is what you need. Because... Do, you know, at least you know that the danger are not picking. The more, the more you learn about shooting and defending yourself in the wild, the less you the less trigger happy you are. You right. do not want to inflict damage on an animal. Right. You do not ever want to kill a polar bear. You're not here for hunting. If right. someone kills a polar bear, everybody is, it's a sorrow, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think you'd have to move from the island because you would be seen as a, as a killer. Yeah, sure. The kill, even if you kill the polar bear in self-defense, but you should never put yourself in that situation unless the polar bear jumped out from... You're basically the, the visitors of their neighborhood and not the opposite. And you have a lot you're of exactly you're in the polar bear's kingdom. Exactly. Right. Respect. Listen, look at the watch. Yeah. I have yeah. to go because I have a deadline. Listen, I, I, I'm speechless. Can you tell me something that I will not mm -hmm. feel any not relevant because I'm doing, you know, a mainstream drama. I, I go myself documentaries. I I am not I'm not, uh, what do you call it, 360, I'm not a VR. What to do? I don't, I don't know. Does it mean that Enjoy. I'm not? Enjoy. No, you, you teach what you know and she'll no, bring I think, stuff. No, I don't have to teach. I would call her to teach this mm -hmm. stuff, but I cannot do what she, I cannot. But we need it all. We need it these all. Are, these are different formats. Right. Uh, and I, I love exploring the newer formats, you will never replace a cinema film. They're never going to replace traditional film because right. it's the film language that works. But I do believe that if you have immersive media, it connects in a different way and it connects right. with different generations. And also My it's very important to, to address everybody. And you have so many kinds of tastes and ideas and wishes and there's room for everybody. I admire okay. you. What can I tell you? I do admire also Pina Bausch. I also admire Gertrude Stein, the, the one that Picasso couldn't paint. He was really very ugly. But I do, yeah, and you are now, so if I'm really a groupie. You're in the fourth place. I always say that I'm groupie of Pina Bausch, Gertrude Stein, Marian Faithful, uh, and now you. You're so, in a good company. So I'm yeah, now, I'm I mean, all, I will say, <laughs> I'm now, Taking you into my world, right? Let be your guru. Oh my goodness! I got <laughs> No, no, no! You're that's fantastic, and your love for animals, and you know how much you care for climate change. Change, and you know, I just hope you spread the, you know, 
that's that's the next thing i want to do like i want to do the immersive van gogh but i want to do it from the arctic maybe you're even participating on like skis on a i don't i don't know i i wanted to be immersive did you say ski i took i went with my son we went and i wanted to he, he took ski classes when he was five and i said oh i have to take two so i can know the language and they threw me after one <laughs> it was like five sessions threw me after the first one because they were laughing they couldn't concentrate <laughs> i was such a comedy did you say skiing or oh, you could ski right yeah, cross-country ski you you ski everywhere here you either go by snowmobile or you go by cross-country skiing of course country mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think we'll watch you from far yeah <laughs> yeah Silly, I want to thank you for introducing <laughs> her to my to me. I will never forget it. I always introduce you I know. to great people. I know. Great. Yannicka, thank you so much. And with Yannicka, with yeah, that's Yannicka, you know, just tippy and silly. You know, Yannicka. <laughs> it's so musical. Very nice to meet you. Thank you for coming. Thank Bye, everybody who came. What an experience. And see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Love you. Bye. Lila Tov from Norway. Oh, Lila, Lila Tov. Tov. <laughs> so, oh, it's Lila. Ah, wow, wow.